This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the In Focus podcast. I'm your host G Sampath. The Congress has returned to power in Karnataka with an emphatic victory. It has won 135 seats, more than double the BJP's tally, and has increased its vote share by 5% from the last assembly poll. While the BJP held on to its vote share, its seat share fell by one third. And all the high decibel campaigning by Prime Minister Narendra Modi and Home Minister Amit Shah proved to be inadequate. How did the Congress manage to secure such a victory? What were the main issues that decided the elections? And what does this poll result mean for the big assembly elections that are due later this year and of course the 2024 Lok Sabha polls we discuss all these questions and more in this episode of in focus and we have with us Dr Chandan Gowda Ramakrishna Hegde chair professor at the Institute for Social and Economic Change Bangalore Chandan thank you so much for joining us thank you sampath it's a pleasure uh chandan uh, to start with i mean most people uh, i imagine were anticipating a hung verdict or at least a close result but the congress has secured uh, a thumping majority can you explain how it was able to achieve this result like w- what communities geographical regions etc proved criti- critical in your assessment sampath you're absolutely right uh, that even uh, you know congress insiders even on the after the elections had happened we were unsure if they would get a clear majority or fall short of it so the results truly have stunned everyone uh now we can do some retrospective reasoning to see what would have actually enabled this performance um to start off you know to just give them credit for how they went about their campaign you know they had really well worked out uh, social media campaign uh for several months leading up to the election many months actually and you had a uh central you know delhi central uh, high command appointed social media team you had the state congress's social media team and your individual congressmen having their own social media units all of whom worked uh you know uh, together um and there was a synergy between them um you know the 40% sarkara and pcm on all those things are a contribution of the social media campaign teams so that is one factor that kept up uh the mood of countering the you know the anti you know gaining from the anti incumbency the second uh sampath you know you have two uh, big leaders within the congress uh both of whom are important for the party sidramaiya is the person who is a mass leader who who commands uh, um the affections of uh, the backward castes the minorities the uh, religions and dalits um and then you have dk shukumar who is the kpcc president uh who is able to you know um mobilize the resources needed to run elections these days um so the but both of them having aspirations uh, you know of their own in terms of wanting to be chief minister uh could have uh uh you know uh, made for a lack of solidarity within the congress but that didn't happen till the very end till yesterday when the cm issue is now due 
talked about in the open and both in laying claim to it, they managed to not let the differences cause any damage. Uh, in, as far as the public perception was concerned, they put up a united front. They were seen together, all posters had them everywhere. And there's a little video of them having a, a chat, uh, trying to show that there are no tensions between them. And they, you know, go over to the Chamberlain Bay Shuri um, Shrine on Mysore with the election manifesto and present it to the deity and say, We swear we will implement all our promises, etc. So, all of this, uh, I think, was a good thing. Uh, and did not show the Congress as the divided house. And lastly, yes, thirdly, they had the five firm promises, welfareist concerns being presented in the form of five sharp promises, you know, an unemployment dole for the unemployed, a monthly stipend for a woman in every household, free uh, to, you know, electricity, 200 units, and um, things like that were clearly spelt out and directed voters and the message, these promises were released months before the manifesto were released, which meant the carders had things to talk about on the ground as gains the voters would have if this party was elected to power. So these are the three things I think they got right. Um, the other three things that uh, they, they couldn't quite anticipate while they were campaigning and that evolved as the campaign was happening uh, one was uh, the way the BJP uh, denied tickets to a couple of prominent Lingayat leaders who had been with the party for a very long time, would help build it as it were. And though they crossed over to the Congress and they accused BJP of um, of not treating them fairly and insulting the community that had stood by them all these years, I don't need to remind you, Sampat, that the Lingayats, are, you know, numerous a caste group um, present across the state, but concentrated in North Karnataka, um, are are the biggest, uh, you know, are uh, were essential for the BJP to win electorally in Karnataka. Uh, now, when the BJP removed P.S. Yadurappa from the post of Chief Minister before he finished his tenure, and he was forced to step down, and he made an emotional sort of farewell, saying that he's doing it, everyone was clear he was being forced to step down. This was two years ago, and the recent round of, uh, you know, uh, evictions, if you will, of Lingayat leaders just built on that. But it wasn't clear to any of us what that meant as far as the Lingayat community felt about the party. And it looks like the results tell us the Congress actually won heavily in Mumbai, Karnatak, now being called Kitur Karnatak, Karnataka, and uh, winning heavily in scheduled tribe constituencies, uh, 16 of them, Congress gets 15, and in all these constituencies, Lingayats are a decisive uh, force. Um, and in Chikmaglur, you know, this, uh, the defeat of C.T. Ravi, a hardline Hindutva leader, again, because Lingayats moving away from BJP to support the Congress candidate who had fielded a Lingayat incident. But all of this shows you that the Lingayat vote just moved away from the BJP may not have moved away in large numbers, but that shift has mattered to get Congress these wins. But the larger point, of course, in this entire exercise uh, is that the uh, uh, the deep-rooted uh, sense that the Lingayats had, that the BJP was their party and would be by them, uh, that has come unstuck. So you know, what this means in electoral terms now in the future remains to be seen.
the the Muslims also uh, uh, they have consolidated behind the Congress this time in heavier numbers than before, and this is because of you know the uh, the Hindutva issues that the BJP was putting out there, banning the hijab, and trying to um, make issues out of uh, uh, you know banning halal meat and not allowing Muslim vendors to trade in uh, festival fairs. These sorts of things had built up. Um, but and the other thing was the Muslims also didn't feel very uh, didn't trust the JDS leadership. Uh, to not align with the BJP, should there be a case of a hung assembly, and uh, and the Congress also announced in its manifesto a week before, ten days before the elections, that um, it would ban outfits like the Bajanudal in the Popular Front of India if they promoted enmity between communities. Now this raised the um, hackles of the right wing forces in the state, and it actually helped energize a campaign, the BJP's campaign that uh, had not uh, been energetic before, partly owing to how so many legislators who had, you know, had not had been denied tickets and big leaders were being asked to leave or, 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 or being asked to exit party uh, politics, um, got energized. And that was a, but then the pluses, it now appears, have outnumbered the minuses. Uh, that mention of the Bajrangdal and its intent to ban it if they violate the constitution, I think drove Muslims in bigger numbers uh, towards the Congress and away from the JDS. This has also helped them. And the, what, the, other, the other big community, since you asked about communities, um, the Felith community, um, you know, a section of whom the BJP had promised to, um, you know, um, sort of break up the existing reservation quota into sub-quotas and enable the long-standing demand of what are called the left Dalit communities. Uh, you know, their grievance was that they had not benefited from the reservation policy as much as the other Dalits had, the right-hand Dalits and the touchable Dalits. What is the difference between the left-hand Dalits and the right-hand uh, Dalits? Uh, Sampat, you know, the, the Dalit community is hierarchized within so the right-hand Dalits are above the left-hand Dalits. Okay. Or above a small section of Dalits who are numerically very small. But then in the official classification of scheduled caste, it includes a few communities who are not untouchable. Although they're socially worse off, economically worse off, but not untouchable. They're called touchable Dalit in, in public discussions in, in the state. And it is they who actually benefited most from the reservation policy. Even the reserve constituencies, if you look at where the leaders come from, many of them come from these communities, either the right-hand Dalits or the touchable Dalit. So it was a legitimate grievance in the part of the left-hand Dalits and the BJP promised to implement the internal reservation. Now this means two things. The Madhigas can be thankful to the, the left-hand Dalits are thankful to the BJP and the others are not happy with the BJP for what they've done. So the others seem to have mobilized massively behind the Congress this time. And the Madhigas, I think, have been split. Some of them have supported the Congress, some of them have supported the BJP. In either case, the Congress has come out earning a bigger share of the Dalit reserve constituencies. You know, and the Congress has also taken off, taken away some of the Wakaliga votes from the JDS and has done very, very well in the old Mysore region, reducing the seat share of the JDS by a big number. 
So Congress has gained across regions and across communities. Sambat. Right. Congress has gained across regions and across communities. And you pointed out two major trends here uh, with the Lingayat uh, vote getting split with a chunk of them going to the Congress and the Muslim uh, consolidation behind the Congress, which meant that the JDS would be losing uh, some part of the Muslim vote as well. Now, you spoke about these various uh, voting patterns, but in terms of issues, uh, what do you think uh, were, the, were, were the factors that drove the choices? Was, were economic issues the dominant ones, such as unemployment, jobs, uh, unemployment and jobs are the same issue, price rise, for instance, or was it corruption or was it something else? Or were, they, were the economic issues not a primary uh, ones at all? Or is it something else that drove them? If you look at the poll promises, the welfareist poll promises of both the but Congress and the parties give populist kind of welfareist uh, promises. Why should only Congress's uh, promises take uh, more, uh, sort of get more traction? Yeah, because it's fairly easy because they're they're positing it against an anti-incumbency mood. The government hasn't delivered on all these things. Has your have your lives become better in the last five years? No. So the government which is ruling, if it says I'll make you better in these ways, the logical question is, well, what stopped you from doing that the last five years? Now, isn't it? So there's a way in which uh, the anti-incumbency plus the economic hardship on the ground, you know, comes in handy to the opposition in ways that it doesn't uh, for the BJP. So if you look at what the BJP is doing, it is reminding them of all the, you know, the, that, the, the central government schemes, the state government schemes. And, you know, we realized that the central government schemes have been more talked about. The Pradhan Mantri, you know, na- with the name Pradhan Mantri in it often than the state government schemes. Uh, so there was that. And the BJP, if you think about it, the issues it brought up in the manifesto, the two issues are the Uniform Civil Code and the the CAA, uh, Citizenship Government Act. And, you know, this is what it's, that the, the, the newspapers announced these two things as the main features of their manifesto. Right. So, Chandra, let me just uh, interrupt you there. Uh, so, speaking of uh, the BJP's two issues which they brought up, now, this reminds me of this discourse we have been seeing the last three, four uh, days on the election analysis front. And a lot of them are saying that the BJP lost because this was an election focused and determined by local issues. I mean, and you spoke about BJP raising CAA and, uh, you know, and uniform civil code, which are by no means local issues. They are national issues. So, can you unpack for us what, what exactly is meant when people say local issues in the context of this election and what is it that BJP lost out by not focusing on the local issues? Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting question. What is meant by local here is something very specific. What they mean by it is, if the BJP tries to, you know, present Prime Minister Modi as their key asset and the reason why the electorate of Karnataka have worked BJP in the at the state the idea, the the idea was that you would be making a mistake in positing, you know, your own national level leadership as a counter to this, saying that no, we have better national leaders than Modi, Rahul or Priyanka or Sonia Gandhi or whoever. That was one way in which the local was understood. Don't get into that kind of a uh, Modi versus something else sort of a thing. And it also could mean it also meant something else. Focus on the corruption that is the living issue locally, the corruption of the existing government. So that was also something that 
the word local meant. And the local also meant type of hardship and economic desperation inside the state. Do not get distracted by national level issues, be it UCC, Uniform Civil Code or whatever. Although I must say, Sampat, they, they mentioned it, but they dropped it very quickly. There was no traction for those issues in the election campaign. I think the key warning there was, do not try to match, you know, if Modi is campaigning, you know, in 100 places, don't plan 100 rallies by Rahul as a counter. I think it was that was the broad strategic uh, resolve of the Congress. Uh, and it's paid off. It, but it, it's a very flexible thing. It could mean, I mean, you can, you can, you know, after a, after a rally, Rahul Gandhi went over to a Nandini parlor and had some, you know, sweets there. You know, by saying that, you're saying, you know, we support local cooperatives and not and not uh, encourage, you know, the input, the, the, you know, the announced merger of, uh, you know, uh, Amul with Nandini, for example. So it's a flexible term. It could mean a variety of things. Would it, would it also mean, for instance, uh, uh, the Hindutva as a national uh, plank or a platform or an agenda versus local issues? I, mean, was there, I was just wondering, was there an element of Karnadiga sub-nationalism uh, which could have played a, been a factor in this entire local matrix that sort of was at work in the defeat of the BJP here? Kannada sub-nationalism versus a nationalistic Hindutva a drive which is focused on promoting all these hijab-related issues and so on. There was definitely an attempt at trying to counter a national narrative of the Hindutva, but that was done by talking about local spiritual figures like Basavarna, Kuvempu, people like that. You posit counter them in the local ethical personalities against this. And also to emphasize difference that there have been a variety of sects within Hinduism and it's not just one thing. Okay. And they've always advocated peaceful coexistence with other communities. Too big. So there's that way in which they're countering the national Hindutva. And occasionally, if you recall, you know, uh, um, Sampath Singh brought up the issue of Kannada subnationalism. The Kannada activists for the longest time have said, you know, we are uh, so passionate about the cause, but the political class is not. And they're right. No political party in the state, you know, until very, very recently, uh, championed the cause of Kannada in the manifesto. It was just around but never an electorally significant issue. So on the National Hindi Day, if Amit Shah says we'll encourage Hindi speaking all through the country, you'll have a spurt of protest. You know, these are things like that. Okay, or when, you know, the anecdotal, episodic social media counters, occasional leaders speaking against them. You know, if you remember, there was a decision to have the word Dahi mentioned in in Kurds, and they just, you know, Tamil Nadu protested it and Karnataka followed suit. So these sorts of things are happening all along and that is still there in the public um, memory. But in the elections, they didn't really, uh, you know, it didn't become something that they, you know, that they relied on very much. So, you know, it's interesting you raise this question because the Congress party, which is also a national party, now trying to say federalism is important, we respect federal, uh, the structure. Uh, but it's trying to, I think it has yet to work out properly what its understanding of federal autonomy uh, is and what its duties are as a party. It's just, I think, confronting the question, early days, it looks like. Right. Now, uh, one of the key points of debate uh, as people sort of try and understand this election and how it panned out is this entire uh, impact question of the Bharat Jodo Yatra. There are some people who say that it really made a big difference. Others who say that uh, not really, it wasn't a factor because 
it was really uh, to do with how the local congress leaders managed the campaign so how do you view the impact of the bharat jodo yatra would the congress have performed perform just as well as it did if it had never happened i can't see a definitive no to that uh, you know the the jodo yatra which spent 3 weeks in karnataka last september did energize the congress ranks big numbers of people showed up you know wherever the the yatra traveled but i distinctly remember uh when the yatra moved out of the state a few weeks after down the line it seemed like a distant thing uh and i rem- recall friends in the congress saying that somehow it has fizzled out it should have stayed on until now the election time and helped us um but at the same time was it nothing you can't say that that energizing of the cadres locally would have amounted to something but i definitely wouldn't uh, make the kind of claim that you hear in the newspapers today that you know it passed through 20 assemblies and in 15 assemblies the congress has won and this has to be attributed to the success of the yatra um i i, I would i think that would be a bit of a stretch to make the yatra the the key uh you know causal variable for why the congress did well in these places it would have mattered in a in a way i wouldn't say it hasn't mattered but was it decisive i wouldn't think so right now coming to the question of uh, vote shares and so on so the congress has increased its vote share by i think 5% it is it was 43% uh, this time and while the jds has lost uh, 5% of its vote share from last uh, elections and the bjp has more or less retained its 2018 vote share which some bjp spokesperson have, have sort of been citing to claim that you know they have not done badly at all uh, it's some other kind of uh, cal- uh, uh, some other kinds of trends which have resulted in this loss so does this mean that most of the congress's gains in vote share have come at the expense of the jds and it was not a victory over the bjp directly as such would you buy that argument argument sampath in northern karnataka the jds doesn't have much of a presence so wherever the congress has gained it has gained at the expense of the bjp now the bjp's gains are seen in two distinct areas one is the old mysore region where it has gained 3 at 3.4% and congress also has gained 6.5% and jds has lost 9.4% now is it simply that the jds is lost being shared by the congress and the bjp i don't think it would be that simple uh, because uh, there has been shuffling of votes across the three parties and um, you know the bjp would have eaten to congress's votes in some places and the congress may have got more of bjp's votes in some other places you know that sort of a thing so the final figures don't give you a clear sense for how precisely the losing and gaining of votes have happened but if you step back you notice that the jds's vote share is down 9.4% and the congress and bjp have shared it congress getting 6.5 and bjp 3.4 and in the coastal area where the bjp you know is known to be very very strong it continues to be strong ideologically strong the only region in the state where hindutva as an idea actually finds takers uh, as a voting in, during elections crossed to minus 3.1% we need to see how that's happened who's left the party there this time around um possibly you know rebel candidates contesting as independents or moving away to the congress taking away bjp vote congress has got more seats than before in the coastal areas the bjp has also gained in cities the sample in bangalore i mean 
Okay. So you would say, uh, so broadly speaking, you would say that uh, the, the Congress has uh, gained at the expense of the JDS, but the BJP too has gained at the expense of the JDS and the Congress has also in many places uh, directly uh, gained at the BJP's expense. So it's not a one-on-one thing. It, does, it is also a, f- a fact that the Congress has uh, drawn voters away from uh, the BJP in certain pockets and, and not only from the JDS. Yes, I would agree. Yes. Yeah, we're running out of time, Chandan. So two quick questions before we wrap up. So people are now saying that South India, which accounts for about 130 Lok Sabha seats, is now quote-unquote BJP Mukt. Now, is this just an interesting factoid for someone to sort of note, take note of? Or do you see some kind of a larger political significance in this uh, because of the cultural differences between North India and South India and in the specific context? of Hindi, Hindu, Hindutva juggernaut that the BJP has become and what the South Indian, uh, what this, what South India stands for in this context? Um, Sampath, like I mentioned earlier, in all of Karnataka, if you look at who is voting for the BJP because it espouses Hindutva, it is mostly voters in Bangalore and other big urban centers like Mysore, hopefully. Um, but and then the coastal area that's got its own history of how it became uh, you know such an ardent supporter of Hindutva uh, ideology but the rest of the state it is local factor there are local caste coalitions working out the Lingayats supported the BJP because it's a they, for them it was a Lingayat party they didn't see it as a as a Hindutva party they didn't mind what is being done in the name of Hinduism elsewhere enough to move out of their support for the party. But for them, it was their party. The Congress was not theirs. The JDS was not theirs. They saw this as their party. That's the relationship that has now come under strain with the BJP trying to say, showing the door to many of its big leaders and some of its leaders actually saying, we don't we don't want to be dependent on this one community anymore. We are a Hindu party, etc. This has not done done well in that community. So the point I was trying to make here is the support of the BJP cannot simply be taken to mean support for us in the politics. So in that sense, uh, you know, BJP can only mean it's not here in, as a party presence. And the ideological presence, you know, if you think Modi's Modi popularity any less now in Karnataka than it was before, I would think it's actually gone up. But that may not mean the support for Hindutva has gone up. You know, they're all analytically distinct. Uh, so I think, if, imagine if the BGP were to come to Tamil Nadu tomorrow or Kerala or Andhra, Telangana, uh, I think it would be essentially the Karnataka story happening there. Reddies may end up supporting it because they find it supporting them and not because they like its other stances, ideological stances. So it's going to be a mix of the two, I think, uh, Sampat. But so which is what? Just because the absence of BJP as a political party from all of the South will still not mean the absence of Hindutva thinking or Hindutva sorts of ideas. Right. That's a very nuanced and excellent point uh, you're making, Chandan. I was just wondering also because there are some commentators on the left who have been citing, for instance, the Congress's uh, welfare uh, promises which you just outlined earlier and also the fact that they raised the issue of caste census uh, in Karnataka so where they were so they were sort of uh, arguing 
that it could be possibly uh, a victory of social justice politics over hindutva do you think that's like really overblown kind of analysis or do you think there is some element of truth in it uh, at all uh, in the first place in karnataka social justice versus hindutva did that play out at all or is it just in someone's imagination congress you know with the bene mentioned the local the by by playing the local by keeping the focus local meant keeping you know their pearl promises on the horizon wherever they went and saying that uh, you know actually the congress came out and said we'll increase the reservation quota to 75% uh, so this was social justice i mean this is you know, we can debate you know how social justice is understood but broadly the figure of sidramaya who is the leader of the backward castes and minority religions and dalits uh he will he does embody the social justice element right and and he was i think very important for the congress to you know in its in his in, in how it performed electorally um but how many times did they actually take on hindutva as something that they were overcome or secularism as something that they believe in not very much and then the bjp's own politics i think it gave up on the hindutva thing the minute it realized it's not going anywhere see it's dropping all these things to see if it finds attraction and the minute it doesn't they move to some other issue um so if you just listen to all these speeches every speech is struggling to find something to you know to to make an important point and it's not happening there was this whole bajrangbali discourse like when didn't that sort of uh, gain some kind of traction yeah absolutely you know it was a very yeah in the congress manifesto there was a one of the items was that uh, there was a section called law and order in which it said uh, any groups promoting enmity between communities or generating hatred will not be tolerated and groups like bajrang dal and popular front of india if they continue uh, if they indulge in anti constitutional activities we should not hesitate to ban them there was this thing and this was inserted in the very last minute sampath initially they wanted to have that declaration without naming any groups but in the very end they decided to name it and that brought in a completely different dynamic into the uh, election mood because the it energized like i said the uh, bjp cadres across many of them some of them who would move over to other parties actually returned to the bjp believe in certain parts so this happened um and then the muslims i think as a as there is a response to this you know this assertion may have felt uh, like you know swaying more towards the congress as someone who would be there for them um for their security etc so in, it's happening in this way right so one final question chandan before we uh, wrap up so uh, as we look back on this uh, election and election results what do you think uh, are the lessons for the congress Uh, and the bjp for the assembly poll some really big ones due later this year in chatisgarh madhya pradesh uh, rajasthan and telangana to look at the bigger states but I mean, is there a template here that could be sort of replicated uh, by the opposition parties in either in the assembly elections to come or in 2024 for instance i was i was i would i would want you to sort of uh, sort of uh, dwell on two aspects when i talk about template one of course is the whole uh, social justice angle you talked about and the other is uh, the example you gave of how the congress this uh, sort of mentioned named bajrangdal uh, explicitly 
in terms of you know uh, saying that if they uh, violate the constitution promote enmity between communities they will ban them this has never happened before uh, earlier and this sort of was critical in two ways one as you said rightly it energized the bjp cadre and it also uh, resulted in muslim consolidation behind the congress do you think something like this uh, would work in north india in the hindi belt at all or it's too much of a risk that the congress or the opposition parties will not take um sampath like i said even within the state congress many of them were simply unhappy about the inclusion of this of about naming these groups they were trying to do damage control they said no we should not ban them some of them said some of them said no no, no i don't know how it got inserted we don't really mean it but it in the in the end the manifesto wasn't revised it stayed that way um now will this sort of a signaling work similarly elsewhere i really it is it is a difficult question and i don't know if i want to venture into uh sort of hypothesizing what may happen in the state like up etc but to answer your first question um now the congress was in the was in the opposition party of taking on the anti incumbency mood in chatisgarh and rajasthan it's actually the ruling government so it will have to somehow you know it it is related to elections differently right and in karnataka it managed to keep the factionalism inside and not allow it to break out and cost it in electoral terms but in rajasthan it's out in the open so i think if they mean if they wish to do well they have to sort these things out and not appear a divided house um and the but the part of the social media campaign or to keep to an effective social media campaign in both english and in the local language and uh having a well worked out manifesto with clear deliverables not not keeping not offering vague promises like i said in the, the janata dal campaign began in november they did that huge rallies they did quietly the media didn't talk about them but if you look at the five promises that they held out like a, a high tech hospital in every village an excellent school in every village uh you know a, a, a place where you can market your uh, agriculture produce and good get good prices for them it is this at this level of uh you know Uh, clarity and the congress's premises are 2000 rupees every month to you know uh 3000 you know for for diploma holders 3000 for graduates things like that so there's a way in which uh, uh, uh you know clearly articulated clearly meaning you know in in ways that you know can really get across i think that's an important part of the campaign and this that learned from himachal pradesh so i it, i'm i'm sure they'll replicate this strategy even there customize it to the rajasthan realities or that is got realities so there will be this the social media campaign and clarity in what they will do if they come to power and then keep the campaign positive and keep it local and not get uh, you know tempted to wage a rahul versus modi uh, contest in a state level election and it's interesting sampath rahul and priyanka made many visits did many rallies but somehow uh they always had state leaders alongside it was not a question of someone one upping the other or the high command asserting itself in a special way there's a nice balance they managed to strike uh right so chandra uh, you made some very interesting points about replicability of uh, what the congress uh, achieved in karnataka you said they should keep the factionalism under check big question mark when it comes to rajasthan for sure uh then they need to have a clear manifesto a social media campaign that starts early and in the local languages 
and to talk about local issues and not end up uh, getting into a rahul versus modi kind of a situation uh, all well taken but but what about the bjp i mean they have in recent times tried to project and sell uh, narendra modi as the big uh, usp for voting them and then of course the double engine government uh, discourses there but this, neither of this worked uh, uh, in karnataka Uh, do they need to take uh, some kind of course correction from here or can they be confident that yes uh, this is south india but in the north and in central india it will work double engine modi ji and uh, you know sort of a calibrated hindutva appeal uh, will work uh, is that the kind of lesson they should take or is other other lessons for them i don't know uh, you know i ideally some but ideally i would expect all the criticisms of the bjp's ideology that have that we've seen over the decades you know mattering to them in an important way i mean this may appear to be wishful thinking but my sense is if you really want to um you know counter the bjp or address the you know the ideology that you think is anti democratic um keeping an out uh, in out of electoral power or just diminishing the strength of the ideology in themselves i think aren't sufficient you'll have to keep the dialogue going somewhere the idea that india belongs to all faiths will have to seem important and relevant and valuable for them too so i don't know but you know this is me saying this but in all these states you know how they plan to strategize you know whether they're the ruling party or not will matter and local equations will matter and yeah i think all promises will i'm sure take a big uh, part of their uh, you know election strategy um but yeah it it remains to be seen how much of as you know how much of the local culture will they allow uh, to democratize their own party sense of what uh you know <laughs> what their ideology is this is something that i that i think you know right now in congress as some right now the the, the muslims in karnataka some of the organizations have demanded that we have voted in big numbers um it's fair for us to expect a deputy cm being appointed a muslim being appointed a deputy cm and this you've never heard before so it's a dynamic situation so depending on how communities vote in favor of who should you know and in practice actually shapes you know what what democratic you know um, parties end up becoming and now will the bjp allow for this to happen in these places i don't know uh right we'll have to wait and watch uh, uh, chandan yeah. thank you so much yes. for uh, sharing your really illuminating insights on the elections and how the whole thing played out and what the lessons could be for the congress and the bjp as you said when it comes to the bjp it is a dynamic situation and uh, whether they are ruling party or in opposition will probably play a big part in how they approach the coming assembly elections and of course one lesson possibly for them going forward could be a greater democratization uh in terms of you know how they handle the campaign um, in karnataka definitely there was a lot of centralization as we have seen thank you so much for your time and for joining us and hope to have you back sometime soon thank you so much sir thank you sir it was a pleasure talking to you In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.